0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to The Mentor, I'm Mark Boris. Kooky, welcome back to 2023, mate. Here we are, Mark. What a
1: start to the year. Is all well, if you compare say.
0: this time last year to yeah, now, yeah. Oh my God, what a different time of year. Like last year were uh you know, interest rates at point cash rate 0.1 of a percent, yep. you know, mortgage rates two percent, um, housing market on fire, uh, everything was on fire. And then, of course, we got COVID. But uh no, no, actually, no. Yeah, no, this time last year, no, but still everything was pretty cheap. Then we got, but we still had COVID. We'd already yes. had COVID.
1: Yes, and inflation was up a little bit but not much. And we thought, okay, the, the transitory inflation rate. So 12 months, what a difference. And we were getting told by our um,
0: Reserve Bank Governor that, you know, not to 2024 we should be okay.
1: He was still saying that. Yes. and yeah, yeah, yeah. um, My goodness. Uh, well, he's uh, – look, poor old Phil Lowe. And it's, it's every central banker actually. So yeah, I, it I know we him. sheeted home to him because we're in Australia and he's our RBA Governor. But every central banker – around the world, got it wrong in late 21 and the beginning of 2022. Or New Zealand. Getting, oh, no, Maybe the Kiwis got it a bit better, but, yeah. yes, they, they were early to hike. They were yeah. a bit more, the you November, know, the um, year. punchy. But here we are now, the next 12 months. Gosh, where are we going to be in 12 months' time? Well, we had eight rate rises, right? Was
0: it eight rate rises? Eight. eight uh, rate yeah. rises. Yep. And we had some
1: big ones too, a few half percenters in there. Yep. So four fifty had four 50 basis point ones in correct. there.
0: Correct. So was it was a, in a record sense probably the fastest and highest rate rise period or definitely that i've ever seen in 40 years yeah. um probably ever
1: yeah. is that would that be right I, I think it is certainly since the late 80s early 90s 300 basis points in eight months is the most uh number of points of rate hikes in a shortest period mm. and so that's why it's having an effect you know that when admittedly we're coming from 0.1 so you know, the starting point was incredibly low but nonetheless, it's a very punchy rate hiking cycle that we that we're seeing.
0: And we've had a contraction of liquidity. So the RBA is not out there. Well, let's not talk about the government for a moment. But just the RBA is not out there buying um, debt and/or buying assets like they were. In fact, they're around the other way. They're selling assets, releasing assets, to trying to reduce the size of their balance sheet. Correct. That that uh, taking liquidity out of a market is quite important. In other words, taking the money out of the system and it's happening not just here in Australia, it's happening all around the world, money's been taken out of the system by the central banks, which means there's less cash to spend, which is therefore it's less inflationary. You and I talking earlier on before we walked in today, we all know the more money put in the system, it's going to be inflationary, mind you, when... Our friends. Now, by the way, both both sides part of of Liberal and Labor agreed to the policy during COVID to spend up big. It wasn't yep. just one party; both sides they had to get it agreed by both parties, and it was a, a rough time,
1: but they agreed to flood the market with dough globally. Indeed. Yes we're not only going to do governments and central banks so everybody yep. was chucking cash into the economy so not Correct. only
0: fiscal policy in other words government yep. spending money on stuff um the central banks were um, loosening the belts of uh, of, the, of the of the the, the retail banks and, and in fact in our country gave retail banks money really cheap to go and lend
1: close to 200 billion dollars yep. at Correct. 0.25 or less down to 0 point one at one stage yes so as our erstwhile friend
0: or oh, well, now, deceased friend uh, Milton Friedman would have said, Well, no wonder you got inflation. What do you expect? What did he used to say? What was he
1: saying? Yeah, the, the, I think the way that we economists uh, narrate is saying down too much money, chasing too few goods. So, for a given level of goods in the economy, if there's more money being pumped in, into your pocket, my pocket, everybody's bank account. They go, oh, gee, I've got this money now. What am I going to do? I'm going to spend. What does the retailer do? I'm going to put up my prices because everyone's rushing me into my store. So uh, it was simply that liquidity. And as you said, during COVID, you know, things were grim. We, we thought the economy would be in its nastiest recession since the 1930s, Great Depression. So, look, to get to give a bit of leeway to governments totally. and central banks, yeah, we, we, we weren't sure how bad that health effect was going to be on the economy. Where the problem came, I think now. Too much, too long. Too much, too long is the question. They yeah. didn't take it away early enough, yeah. as we're just sort of saying. So when it became evident, and this was evident in late 2021, inflation was picking up, the economy was recovering. They were also sort of saying, oh, it's transitory, this And we also problem. knew,
0: Steve. They were slow to do it. We also knew, Steve, that Australians had saved $250 oh. billion. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you're a central bank and you see that number, I've actually yeah. seen the yeah. deputy governor of the Reserve Bank yeah. talk about that, the $250 billion we, we saved. yes. Well, where do you think it's going to go? You know, I heard Milton Friedman so many times in <laughs> <an> old YouTube <laughs> videos, which you can still yeah. see today, yeah. say it's not the consumer who creates inflation. Yeah. It always is the central authority because they release money. This is, if you yeah. give a person money, your point to the, you made earlier, if I give – someone a lot of money, if I give my kids a lot of money,
1: they're going to spend it. Yes. They'll spend some of it at least. Yeah, it's really like finding a $50 note on the ground. You know, find it, okay, you might put it in the bank account, but I bet you most people would go, great, I'm going out tonight, I'm going to go and, you know go out for dinner, I'm going to spend that money. Or some part of it more than you would normally spend. A large part of it because that was a windfall gain and you're quite right, during the COVID lockdowns, the policy stimulus, the cash handouts, you know, JobKeeper. Again, it was a good policy but it did create a lot of liquidity in consumers' pockets and when we were allowed to travel again. Remember that we were locked down. Yep. We didn't spend other than on Netflix and things like that when we were locked locked at home. But when we were allowed to go out again, we thought, geez, I'm sick of being locked down. And while we might not have been travelling internationally in the early stages, we were travelling within Australia. We were going out for dinner. Oh, I better get that new car now. I can afford to do that. And And there was lots of money being spent on renovations. And that was part of the excess demand in the economy, like too much spending because people had too much money. And the central authorities were slow to pull it out of the system, they're doing that now though. So if you looked at the inflation number, which is what we're going to
0: talk about today amongst other things in terms of how it's going to affect what the Reserve Bank's going to do next week um, when they meet, um, interestingly enough – uh, we're looking at 7.3% inflation number. Is that around the number? Uh, 7.8,
1: was, 7.8 the, sorry, was the headline yep. inflation number. 6.9 yep. I think was the, the core or core, underlying under, trimmed mean yep. or whatever they the call it. mean, nowadays. yeah. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, a little bit less but still very, very high. But yep. some of the
0: areas, one or two of the areas which I, I noted, which stood out to me, that had increased substantially, one of which was travel, air travel in particular. Yep. A um, big one.
1: It's, yep. a, it's a big one, and of Travel, course, an accommodation, hotels, and accommodation all, hotels. all that stuff that's interlinked yeah, to us. Correct. Getting on a plane yeah. and going somewhere. We go to the Gold Coast. Yep, yep. Going to yeah. Melbourne, going to Hobart, Tassie, whatever. Yeah, and all those spend, lovely and holidays. And you spend yeah. a lot more money when you're away. Correct. And those yeah. things have contributed to the, you know,
0: the the big inflation number that we saw, and of course, the Reserve Bank's interested in controlling that inflation
1: because inflation is one of the nastiest diseases we can catch. Correct. It is. Inflation reduces. The, the living standards of people. So if your wages are only going up at about 3%, current numbers here in Australia, and your cost of living is going up at 7.8%, by definition, the amount of goods and services you can buy is reduced by 5%, and that is stuff that you no longer can afford to buy. You just simply can't do it. So living standards decline, which is why, just to take a little bit of a history lesson for 20 seconds, it's why in the early 90s, the RBA decided, and then was um, uh, confirmed by Peter Costello when he became Treasurer in 1996, that we have an inflation target for the Reserve Bank of two to three percent. That was seen to be sustainable, decent, and if people got a three or four percent wage increase, they'd be getting a little bit ahead every year. That's why it was such a good target to have. And in the last year, we've blown it.
0: So, yeah, and 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 just some context around the history lesson with what happened in 1996 when they landed on a 2 to 3%, which is, by the way, we're still at 2 to 3%. That's yeah. where the, the RBA wants to be. It's all about maintaining a certain living level, certain standard of living without whereby cost of living will, re- if it increases out of control relative to your wages, in other words, if inflation's much higher than your wage increases, which is where we are at the moment, by definition, over time your standard of living will reduce. And it's Correct. a big deal.
1: It's a, it big, is a deal big deal. For deal yes. Central
0: banks and governments don't want they they get marked on the standard living of the of the people living in the country.
1: Correct, and, and that's and the and So they should. Yeah, that's no why time. we elect these guys to to office. And girls, we want them to run the economy in the interest of the whole economy. But for, so at the end of the day, my standard of living, your standard of living, my kids—they're a little bit better off than they were five years ago, and that's the nature of the game. And high inflation erodes that. In fact, it sends us backwards. If inflation stays too high for too long, we actually go backwards. That's why it's such a bad thing.
0: So the counterintuitive part of all that, of course, is uh, if you jack my interest rate up <laughs> by 41%, which is yeah. where it is jacked up for those people who currently got a variable rate at the moment, yep. my standard of living is also going to reduce because I'm going to be in a lot of pressure to stay where I am. Um, and also if I can't borrow money anymore or I'm a new buyer and I can't borrow money more because the – Interest rate that I'm being assessed against as to my ability to repay my loan from the lender that I'm trying to apply for a loan from. If that's that's so high, they say you can no longer borrow any money, Mark or Steve. So I'm now pushed pushed into the rental market, of which we have limited supply.
1: Rents go up, which also reduces my standard of living. Correct. The housing market's in a real quandary right now because of that exact point that you mentioned. So those people with a mortgage and with a variable mortgage or about to roll off their their fixed rates in the next 6 to 9 months i heard
0: 800,000 800,000 i think this the rba year.
1: acknowledged that in earlier testimony this week they were talking in front of a parliamentary committee 800,000 people so those people and others who are already riding up the variable rate hikes that we've seen last year uh, are forking out somewhere between 500 and 1500 a month 500 and 1500 per month averages close to $1,000, $12,000 a year out of your after-tax income. Extra. Now, extra, over yeah. and above what you were paying anyway. Yeah. And, um, and that means that you don't have, let's just say, the $12,000 a year. That's less that you've got to spend on other things. So, okay, there's probably a point where we can all cut back a little bit. But cutting back... $12,000 a lot for someone on average or slightly above average earnings or uh, that sort of thing with a big mortgage and when your inflation rate's high, so your cost of your electricity, your groceries and these sort of things is going up more than your wage, it's the real squeeze. And that's why I think very simply, yeah, consumer sentiment is in the doldrums. It's sort of bouncing around these low levels, but it's at a level that's consistent with a recession. That's why we consumers are feeling pretty – pretty pissed off at the moment with our financial position. Well, the question is, now now they're going to raise rates in February? So let's yep. go through your ah, great strategy yeah, board. The checklist. Yeah, it's been two months since we last updated and there's been a lot of economic data, a lot of news that will have impacted the, the checklist. So let's start at the very top, GDP. How's the economy going? And again, we saw the, uh, the September quarter GDP figures come out in December. The economy is growing reasonable pace. It's slowing down a bit. So I think that one is in neutral. We're we're currently growing, but not too hot, not too cold. Inflation, tightening. We've discussed that 7.8%. Headline inflation, 6.9%. Core inflation, it's too high. If that was the only thing in the world the RBA looked at, it'd be easy. They'd be hiking like like crazy. The labour market, I'll I'll still keep that in tightening because we've got a 48-year low unemployment rate, 3.5%. Uh, So, again, that's suggesting to the RBA that if it continues to stay at these levels, we get wage pressures, which is the next point. Actually, I put wages in neutral because they haven't yet picked up, but they're worried that they might. So those top few things feed into the rate hiking, the tightening side of the economy. International economy. I'm going to put that verging on easing. Even though the US, European Central Bank, New Zealand, Canada, they've all been hiking, including this week. Uh, the GDP outlook has slowed down. It looks like we're having, I won't necessarily call it a recession, but something of a hard landing in the US, UK, Europe. You know, they've got an economic weakness position coming through. So if that was the only thing you'd looked at, you'd think, well, gee, Australia's a big trading economy, that would be negative for us. House prices, oh, don't shoot me down here. You know, I'll put, that, I'll put that in the easing case. You know, they're, they're now down 9% peak to trough Australia-wide. Sydney's off 13%. Melbourne, Brisbane's now catching up, catching the disease. Brisbane's
0: just under 11%.
1: Uh, yep, yep. So we've got big falls, double-digit falls. But they rose huge, though. True. Yep. But be careful what you wish for. Those people thinking, oh, we want housing affordability improved through house prices. We know that if they fall too far too quickly, you end up dislodging the whole economy. Mm. So uh, while it's an easing Number, yeah, I, I I'm saying that cautiously because you don't want house prices to fall too massively. Okay, retail sales. I'm putting that in neutral. We had a really weak retail sales number for December, but that was after a couple of strong numbers in or October. 11, 11 months' November. worth of rises. Correct. And, and we consumers had been spending like crazy. There is a p- possible problem with the way the Bureau of Stats calculate the number. Uh, because we brought forward spending into November, Black Friday sales and that sort of stuff. So that number was up, so December's down. I'll keep that at neutral, but it, it, it does appear as if we consumers are starting to pare back a little bit of our expenditure. So it's neither up nor down sort of thing in terms of uh, where we're at. Consumer sentiment, I mentioned that before. We are gloomy consumers. Yeah. Cost of living pressures, rate hikes, our house has gone down. We're feeling a bit, you know, miffed <laughs> with our lot in life. Especially mortgage holders. Correct. Building approvals. Taking a bit of a hit now. This is an interesting one because I'm putting that in the easing side. We want houses to be built. You know, if you're fed income, if you're the government or state government or local government and you're fed income about getting enough houses.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: You want them to be built. Now the building approvals numbers have been trending down and down and down. They're weakening very sharply. Uh, exactly at the time we've got immigration rocketing up. That's fine because it addresses the labor market skill shortages, but it's putting pressure on houses. Where are these where are these people going to live? Yeah, totally. Renting or buying. we run it, as you're saying, we've almost run out of rental properties, yeah. housing, you know, that we don't have a lot of them around. So I put that in the easing side. Business investment, pretty good. It's growing businesses are sort of revamping their capex on you know buildings and structures equipment i'll put that in the neutral column same with business confidence the nab survey came out a week and a half ago businesses are saying you know, things are pretty good we're doing okay so you don't need to hike for the business sector being too strong or cut because it's too weak commodity prices i'm going to put that erring between tightening and neutral Iron ore price, which did get below 100 US dollars a tonne uh, in December, now is $120 a tonne. Great for Australia. It gives us an income boost. We know that some other commodity prices have come down, but with China reopening, demand for commodities is going to pick up. So that one's sort of erring between neutral and tightening. Stock market's doing pretty well. It's rebounded. Well, I think as we sit here now, the year today, it's up about eight or nine percent. Now you don't hike or cut because of the stock market. But I'm putting that in the neutral side of the uh, of the system. You know, if we had a stock market crash, you know that hits wealth, and you probably say, "Oh, the central bank would be biased to ease." And if we've got a booming stock market, they're biased to hike. Bit of a recovery, doing okay. Last one, current rates. I'm putting that in the neutral column. Official cash rate three point one. It's probably erring on slightly restrictive, uh, not massively so. So in theory, if most of these other indicators were all more in the neutral column, you'd say leave them steady. But three point one is about neutral. The question for the RBA and next week at the February board meeting is: Do they want to move this red button more towards, uh, or oh, sorry, more towards the easing side because they've actually. Tightened enough, or tightened—I won't say too much, but certainly tightened enough. In other words, have they got to what they consider to be acceptable neutral, neutral to slightly restrictive? So to making sure that people who have debt—and let's not forget the business sector—they've got debt too. You know, they've got to manage their overdrafts and their uh, uh, their loans and the like, and they don't want to—you know—they don't want to have their fingerprints on over hiking into a weak world economy where they cause recession. I, mean, I know that's being a little bit melodramatic. But, you know, the RBA is well aware of the risks to the downside. So where in rates are now, 3.1, yeah, they're not killing the economy, but they're getting close to being that restrictive side of the ledger. So if I look at this, we've only got two in the tightening column. In other words, yep.
0: two of the factors um, of to to actually increase the rates.
1: Correct. And they're really but what about ones.
0: the weight? I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. some of these things carry less right weight than others. For example, you know, the stock market, you know, carries less weight than inflation. Um, um, absolutely. So, yes, yes. Uh, and I guess the reason you got GDP and inflation and labor market at the top of your column. Yep. Um, is because they have the heaviest weighting on them.
1: Indeed. And this is sort of in, in order of weighting. You know, yeah. GDP is sort of recession or economic boom, inflation, we all know. Labour market, does everybody have a job, wages, international economy? These things are down the bottom are important. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you know, business sentiment, building approvals, consumers, retail spending, they're important, but they are not as important as the actual inflation rate so or GDP growth and these sorts of things. If I was to say to you,
0: therefore, what do you say is going to happen? this week. Do, I mean do yeah. you think we're going to get a rate
1: increase this month? I until recently I thought no. I thought that some of these factors that were in the neutral to the slightly easing ledger of the uh, of the checklist and from what actually the RBA governor was talking about Late last year in December, he gave a few speeches and was signaling, you know, we might be on hold and you know, we, we'll see what happens. But in the last, literally the last week, I think I've had to change my mind. I was wrong. I think that when they meet next week, they will look at the actual inflation rate. They'll look at the fact that the labor market, the unemployment rate is still incredibly low. And they'll look at the international side. And while the international GDP is weak, the fact that most if not all of the other major central banks have hiked and that almost all of them have a materially higher official interest rate than we do. So we're currently 3.1. If they hike, we go to 3.35. You know, the Fed's at 4.75. New Zealand's in the fours. Uh, UK's in four point something. So is Canada. We're at three 3.35. Um, so I think they'd probably err on the side of hiking And I dare say the statement that they always put out with interest rate announcements will be longer than normal and they'll sort of outline this uh, reason for the rate hikes and why they're not on hold and I dare say there'll be a paragraph flagging for the first time in 12 months at least downside risks to the economy. Do you think or do you
0: agree, you may disagree, with Deutsche Bank who's now saying four rate rises or our good mate Bill who's been on this podcast saying yes. at least two.
1: Two and possibly three yeah. but no recession. He was very yeah. – I listened to his yeah. um, podcast the other day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Westpac didn't do a podcast. I think they took a loof out yes. of our book, mate. Didn't I they? think they, they did, they're, yes. They're copying us. Good on your Westpac. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: but Bill had been the chief economist there. Oh, um, indeed, yeah. So do you subscribe to their views?
1: I personally don't. I think if we got one more rate rise, I think that's it. I mean, I'm with you, Mark. Look, I think this rate hike, if it is in fact delivered next week, and let's assume that it's delivered, will be that final, you know, um, hit to consumer confidence for mortgage holders and the housing market, which is already very weak both construction of new dwellings, house prices, house lending, all of that stuff. And that that is a really important part of the Australian economy. Whether you like it or not, housing is a dominant issue for the way the Australian economy functions. And interest rates, clearly, are a very important driver of what happens in housing. So they've already delivered 300 points of hikes, as we said, the most aggressive tightening in many, many decades, not just years, decades. They go one more... If they were to go four more, and Deutsche Bank, look, I respect their research a lot. You know, they've um, got fantastic economists there. But I think to get four oh more my. rate hikes and say another 100 basis points already on top of the 300 that are there, and their timing is by August this year, I think they were yeah. saying, that's when these loans, are the uh, mortgage cliff loans, or you know, 200 and something billion of them, 800,000 people, their loans are rolling over into not only where we are now, which is actually pretty painful, as we were saying, but another 100 points on that would be really well, these guys are going to be over-egging it. Yeah. Double, more than double what they're currently paying on a, monthly, on a monthly basis. Correct, correct. And and so where are they going to, and okay, maybe hopefully people have saved a bit of money or they're anticipating it. So they're no, they've prudent. spent it because
0: we know we've got inflation. Got, yeah,
1: that's right. So, we're, so I, I think that if, if, Deutsche Bank for example are right with four more hikes i'd be we, we'd be on the edge of recession if not in a recession if they, if they did that and as you're saying philip Lowe, the rba governor does not want to cause a recession you know he's had a checkered period as rba governor with all due respect he does not want to end his tenure as governor as the bloke who caused a recession in 2023 2024 so i think he'll tread carefully and while but just by the way the risks on inflation are starting to turn. If we look at what's happening in the global economy and these sorts of things that we outlined on that neutral a slightly easing side of our checklist,
0: I I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I think that um, this is his last year, so his term finishes sometime later this year. I think and September. And, yeah, yeah, and he doesn't. He and he, uh, my gut feeling is they're not going to put him back there because of you know we got a Labour party, you know whatever. Whole host I, of I just yeah. a whole host of political yeah. reasons, yep. policy reasons, and political reasons. So I don't think you'll get another run. So he, you're right, he doesn't want to end his career in that regard by putting us into recession when he doesn't need to put us in recession. So I think he tr- he's going to tread very carefully. I agree with you. I also think, Steve, and just to finalise all this, I reckon if they put one more rate up just, just for the sake of it and do nothing else, just the um, diminution or the reduction in the amount of liquidity in the economy, it'll do the job for us. Going yeah. going forward for, uh, over time, like month by month, month, there's just less money available. Correct. And I remember Bill Evans many years ago, and yeah. I, I got a bit annoyed when he said it, but many years, this is many years ago, talking about the prosperity dividend that um, the mining companies um, deliver to the country as a result of commodity prices being so high. And I, I was never a real believer in it because I used to say, well, I don't own any shares of mining companies. I don't get a, a dividend from them. I don't actually get anything. I don't feel as though I get anything out of a mining company doing particularly well, you know, Fortescue or whatever it is in Australia by selling to the Chinese, you know, ridiculous prices and huge amounts of volume. But actually that prosperity dividend showed up in the COVID years and actually did end up in everyone's pockets somehow, somewhere, in a, in some silly <laughs> way. But now that prosperity dividend or just money, available money is being withdrawn from not only our economy, all economies around the world. Yeah, And I reckon that it's, it's going to do the job, just the same as it, gave, it did the job of creating inflation. I reckon it's going to start to reduce the cost of living. Uh, yeah, reduce the increase in cost of living.
1: I just get that yeah, feeling. I agree with you. And one thing that's under-analyzed, I don't have it on my checklist, and, I, and it rarely is spoken about in economic circles nowadays, is the money supply. Totally, they, they produce numbers every month. I know. Nobody looks at them. Well, they're down. No, yes, yes. Oh, I look at them so occasionally. So it comes to something referred to as M1 or M2. Yes, and in the middle of COVID, of course, as you were touching on with all the – you know bond buying and cheap money it, it, it shot up i can't remember what the year on year increase like 20% yeah. so there's money everywhere it was the largest increase it's, we'd seen in 35 oh, yeah, years yes yeah, since the bad old days of the 1980s high yeah. inflation period now it's come down it's like a a chart it's like a cliff it's come down and the rate of slowdown because the money being withdrawn from the economy from the rate hikes, from the ending of uh, bond buying from the Reserve Bank, from the ending of the term funding facility, the bank's actually going to have to start paying that back.
0: Yeah. now. They're starting now. Now, a little
1: bit yep. at a time. A couple yep. of billion bucks, a yeah. few more billion, a few more billion. Where's that money coming from? It's from the economy. It is them. actually deleveraging the economy, which feeds into your earlier point about good old Milton Friedman. There'll be less money chasing the same amount of goods what happens to the rate of inflation? It starts coming down. So I think that's the, one of the other things that's important. With just say we get one more rate hike, that one we once we start getting those in monthly inflation numbers for January, February, the quarterly inflation number for March, which comes out in the latter part of April, I've got a sneaking suspicion that number is going to be very very low, in headline terms, because petrol prices are down from where they were, that airfare issue they're now back lower. Uh, you've got a lot of commodity prices coming off. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if when we get that March quarter number, it'll be like 0.5 quarter on quarter, the lowest in about four, or lowest in about two and a half years. And the RBI is saying, oh, we might be getting really close to getting inflation back under and control. And what we've got to remember too, and what our listeners have got to remember
0: is something that's really important here is petrol prices might not come down, but the question is, have
1: they gone up? This is about price increases. Yes, inflation is a rate of increase. Yeah, yes. So it went from that's a buck- really important. It is important. So inflation going for petrol. Just again, I'll only be hopefully thirty seconds. From a dollar fifty to two dollars, that's a thirty-three percent increase in inflation yeah. on petrol. Two dollars stays at two dollars. Inflation the next year zero. Zero. Because okay, you still think gee, I'm paying two bucks a liter. That's really mean. But the rate of inflation. Is the rate is of price. Zero. The, the price so increase. The rate of increase, yes, yeah.
0: correct, mate. And, and that's really, really
1: important. Yep. The question is, can airfares go up from here? No, no, no one's going to pay them. And I'm hearing from, and maybe this is the international side, but some of the big international airlines, Emirates, whatnot, are now adding to capacity. They realise that they're selling every damn seat because we can't wait to go over to Europe and America and Asia, whatever. Uh, so they're actually adding to capacity, which means that some of those prices will probably come down. So let alone like the oil price, it goes from two dollars to one dollar eighty. Let's say that's minus ten percent. Yeah. So the, and that has you know? an impact, a big, yes, impact has a big impact Find on the number, big impact on this sort of stuff, and the actual consumer price index, which is the rate of inflation. Correct. So we're looking about we're looking at
0: price increases when for the next tightening uh, move by the RBA if they if they indeed do it. Um, Right now, they're dealing with a 7.9% uh, number and a, a 6.9% um, underlying number, underlying inflation number, super so beyond number. So they're probably, for you, as you say, they're probably getting the hands forced right now. But the question is, will they continue to do it? Um, Bill Evans, by the way, says two or three, but he's also saying he's going to rate reduction
1: later this year. And Mark, really importantly, you know, with the Fed hiking earlier today as we're recording this, Uh, they've got one more priced into their futures market. And then by the end of the year, so only in 11 months, with one more rate hike in March, I think it is, they've got 150 basis points of rate cuts, three 50-point rate cuts priced into the US, such as the market's pricing of the risk that inflation will be falling sharply in the US and the Fed, whoops, we might have done a little too much, Let's start taking away some of that tightening. And that obviously has some impact on us here in Australia.
0: Totally. Kooky, thanks as usual, mate. And um, I will be hanging out at 2.31 on uh, <laughs> next uh, the next Tuesday, first Tuesday of Feb, and to see whether you got it right. And I'll bet you did. We'll see how we go. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistance.